You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Well, again, here are half the hosts of Webcology. It's Jim Hedger from Markman Media, and I would be joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk, Inc., except Dave is dealing with clients all day today. Priorities, priorities, priorities. Anyway, welcome to Webcology. It is Earth Day, Thursday, April the 22nd, 2010. And, uh, you know, in, in, in celebration of Earth Day, oh, by the way, I'm going to be joined by the one and only Sir Brasco out down there in the studio in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Brasco, how's it going, man? Um, good. Tell me, how did you celebrate two days ago? Working. No, 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 but... Oh, you mean that part of today? You know, I was all lined up and ready to go, and uh, um, at that certain time, on the certain day, uh, two days ago was April 20th, which if you look at the calendar, it's 420, and if you... Remember, your teenage slang is, um, well, my favorite time of the day. And uh, so I was all ready to go. And I get a knock on, on the window by, the, by my fire escape. And my dad's standing there at like 4.15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I've got to tell you, I was practicing beforehand so I would be, I'd do it right at that special time in the afternoon. So... You know, I was already pretty prepped, but I had to I had to put the the um, apparatus away because, uh-huh. um, well, you know, if you know my dad, you know he would have just taken it all. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we so I spent um, so I spent uh, uh, that hour on that day uh, 
at the Linux Cafe, the cyber, the the really cool neighborhood cyber cafe down the road from me, oh. hanging out with my dad, talking business. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs another part of my company does that does AV support in the Toronto area for uh, conferences. Um, as a matter of fact, some of our two of our crews are going to be working at Search Engine Strategies, uh, Toronto, coming up uh, in early June. Wow! So anyone out there in uh, in uh, in Toronto, you'll get a chance to meet my dad if you come down to Search Engine Strategies Toronto. I'm happening June sixth and seventh, I believe. At uh, I really, I'm moderating one of the sessions too, eh? so I really should pay attention to where it's at. Anyway, <laughs> um, actually, I was just looking for something because you were talking about uh, you know, doing AV work. So you know, hearing some of this a little bit, you know, hey, well, microphone tapping. Alex, that just tuned in. And I know Alan's going to be at Search Engine Strategies Toronto, so uh, so yeah. Uh, come that time, Alan, come on down. You'll get to meet some of my crew and my dad, who will be providing some of the AV services there. I love this industry. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's how I, that's how I spent four twenty, and I also spent four twenty making fun of fascists and skinheads because April twentieth is also Hitler's birthday, and so like you know, skinhead boneheads get together and. I don't know, do circle jerks and eat ice cream sundaes or something to celebrate <laughs> Hitler's birthday. And so I usually spend part of April 20th taunting them. You didn't say so, celebrate his birthday, did you? Yeah, they do. Well, th- these are no, like I'm saying you, did, you didn't celebrate, heads, right? right? You didn't celebrate. Um, they're misguided. So the best okay. way to deal with them is to laugh at them as frequently as possible. Okay. See, skinheads and, and Nazis, mm-hmm. they hate a lot of stuff, but they really hate being laughed at. Makes them feel small. So laugh at them. I mean, fight them and, and hit them with bike. You know, well, don't ever commit acts of assault because that's illegal. But if a bike lock does end up in the back of their head somehow, well, that's just the way it goes. But th- enough of that stuff. Today's Earth Day. Earth Day is a really fun day. I love these commemorative days. Like, you know, there's, there's 365 days of the year, and each of them could be a commemorative day. But today is a special one. It's Earth Day, a 40-year-old celebration of, or commemoration of, well, just being aware of the Earth. And for Earth Day, I want to share a joke with you, George. So, hey, Brasco, okay. what's, uh, what's brown and sticky? I don't know. What's brown and sticky? Oh, seriously. A stick. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest joke ever. Yeah, I... Really? Come on! What's brown and sticky? A stick. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Actually, I... hold on. I can't, I can't do justice, but I can give you a crowd laugh if you want, if that makes you feel better. Here. Do more, give me one more... Hold on. Hold on. Give it to me one more time. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll make me laugh better. Go ahead. Try one more time. Okay. So this guy walks into a bar and says to the bartender, Hey, bartender, what's brown and sticky? Bartender says, shit. And the guy says, no, a stick. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay, that helped. (laughs) Again, I I know I feel better about it. Right, right. So there's been some fun talk out in the uh, technology world and some hard talk in the SEO community. And I kind of want to deal with both of those this week. Um, again, um, 
Normally, Dave goes over all this news with me before we talk about it, and he didn't have a chance to today, so I'm just going to jump right in and uh, talk about the idea of a breakup of Google. Did you hear about that the other day? No, please fill me in. Well, consumer organizations worrying about the, the, the size and the scope of Google are suggesting that Google ought to be broken up, much like Bell was in the 1970s. See, one of the, one of the really cool things about having a federal government with a little bit of power is when an organization, a company, becomes so large they become monopolistic, the government gets involved and, you know, cuts it down to a size where competition is allowed to flow back into the marketplace again. Now, that's generally seen as an extraordinary measure. Governments don't often do this sort of thing, but, you know, every once in a while, a company gets so large that you really have to worry about the impact it has in its operations and how much uh, control they have over the flow of goods, services, or in this case, information. Free democratic society requires... Uh, a wide open information spectrum and the free flow of information and commerce and an informed you know informed people in society they need uh, as many information sources as possible if one company becomes well the world's information source people get kind of freaky so See, I'm looking, looking through my notes trying to actually find the name of the organization. And unfortunately, I can't. But what I um, can do is tell you Google's response was, uh, you know, if you break us up into two pieces, people want to break us into four pieces, then break us into eight pieces. Which I think gives an indication of how fast Google is growing. But, I mean, George, what, what, do, you, what do you even think about that concept of, Google being so amazingly successful that it's able to grow into pretty much any facet of the, the, the internet world it wants to. And you know, sometimes it's successful as in search and sometimes it's very unsuccessful like social media, although the jury's still out on what it's doing with, with uh, Google Buzz and Google Wave. What well, would you think if uh, somebody started talking about breaking up Google? Well, first off, you just brought up uh, the name of the company you're referring to is Consumer Watchdog. Thank you, sir. And the whole thing is Okay, this only only this kind of uh, flack is being given to Google is because of the fact of it's being so monopolistic. Okay, but the point is is that you know there are other companies out there that are competition. They're not taking away all the competition. From what I'm being told, sixty percent of all, according to what Greg Nyland uh, said on a Search for Solutions program this week, he mentions mm -hmm. that you know there's ways to go ahead and go for traffic to you to to monetize your websites through Bing or Yahoo or other search engines because Google only has 60% of, they consume all of 60% of the search traffic. There is other competition. There are other ways to make your money. The point is, is that there are people with, with other agenda that choose to go after Google and break them down only because they don't have a little taste of the shareholder money. They don't have a taste of what's happening with the projects, the money that's coming back to Google, okay? That's all it is to it. That's the reason why Microsoft has gone after, and they had antitrust lawsuits to the yin yang. Any company that's, that is 
overly and hugely successful that is monopolistic is going to be subject to attack. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, and I also agree that Google isn't necessarily monopolistic because there is a great deal of, of uh, competition in the marketplace. And also, as you said, is anyone's going to go after you once you get to be really big. You know, Google's gone after Microsoft several times. Microsoft's gone after yeah. Yahoo, and well, actually won in that one. Um, ultimately won in that one. But uh, they all go after each other. Not just in the United States, but also in Europe, which has a very, very strong regulatory body, um, or a set of strong regulatory bodies. So, um, I still love Google's reply. If you break us in half, you'll have to break us in quarters, so what's the point? Um, another thing to keep in mind is what we understand the web to be right now, today, is likely going to be very, very different tomorrow. I mean... At the F8 conference yesterday, Twitter announced that it wants to become it wants its social network to interact with virtually anything you could have out on the web, leading people to you know the, the, the huge claims today that social is going to be the new pattern of the internet. But there's space for other things. I mean, social is still pretty brand new. The fact that Google became monopolistic only happened, what, four years ago when their share reached up to $450 per share? Well, no, I don't know, man. I mean, there was a time when Google was actually way more monopolistic over search results than it is today. Uh, I mean, check the, check the Bruce Clay um, search engine relation charts. At one time, uh, 2004, 2005, Google was serving results to Yahoo!, and also, sort of like through a backdoor, serving them to Microsoft. So, I mean, no matter where you went, you were getting Google search results. Um, Ask was still doing independent results, but they were drawing um, all their paid ads from AdWords. So, I mean, if you think Google's monopolistic today, you should have seen the way it was a couple of years ago before um, Yahoo introduced its own search database and um, Microsoft Live really came online. Anyway, I love it when people, I really yeah. do appreciate it when people go after Google and go after any of the large companies, mostly because it, you know, keeps them on their toes and makes them think about the implications of their rate of growth and the products they introduce and stuff. But um, in some cases, I don't think it makes them think enough. Another story that was out this week was um, privacy commissioners in over t in 20 different countries, uh, mostly from Europe, but including Canada, wrote a note directly to Google criticizing them on uh, privacy issues uh, surrounding the release of Buzz and Street View. Some of the bigger countries, France, Germany, Israel, Italy, Ireland, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Spain, the UK... Canada. Um, again, it's good. It's good holding the torch to some of the larger companies like Google, who are introducing products. You know, a lot of products at a rapid rate. Because um, you know, often in the race to be first, we're forgetting important things like you know, privacy, rights, accuracy, stuff like that. 
Do you uh do you ever feel like uh, your life has sort of gone entirely online, Brasco? Not everything. I mean, there's there's. It's only well, there's a couple it, it, videos out there. I've heard about those. No, I know, but the, it, it really it's based on the security of the websites that you go to when you're when you're buying when you're, when you're buying products or when you're putting out information when you're registering for something. It's it really it depends on the security of those sites because really there's limited information that you can get on a search engine. Like if I wanted to search for somebody, there's so much I'm going to get out of a search engine unless. You know, and that's really up to the uh, integrity of the websites that you work with, and that you put your personal information into that they're secure enough to not get hacked. Well, that's I the mean, only way the hard, that's the only way they're secure in, enough not to get hacked these days. No, but that's the only way the internet can hurt you. Um, I would think uh, Google's law enforcement engine was hacked by the, you know, by a group believed to be related to the Chinese government back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they kept the database of um, all email subject lines and the to and from. So the header of all emails were kept in a separate database away from Gmail because that information is considered front of envelope and therefore not behind privacy rights. So Google's maintained that database and make, makes it available without subpoena to the FBI, um, uh, well, to U.S. security agencies um, under provisions of, of, of the Patriot Act. Um, and that's the database that was hacked. Uh, there was 20, 20, what, 26 other major tech companies that were hacked at the same time. Um, you know, when we're talking about our personal information and... The specter of a loss of privacy. I think. Um, I think it's 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 next to impossible to guarantee absolute security in uh, uh, of one's database. There there always seems to be see security. Cybersecurity is all about individual users, and somewhere with individual users in an organization, there's going to be a hole. But what I'm more worried about is in a product release, like with Google Buzz. Privacy considerations simply not being considered by the, 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 the product maker. Again, in, in this case, Google with Google Buzz. Um, I know of a potential story that I'm still looking into of a couple of Americans, American students who were in Iran around the beginning of the Green Revolution, um, who months later had some of their networks of contacts given away inadvertently by Google Buzz when Google Buzz did, released um, released uh, con- people's contacts information. Um, you know, your, 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 your top ten contacts. Google released that, like, publicly. And uh, so these, these, these students who helped in the, the, the Twitter revolution in, in Tehran, well, their networks were, were exposed. That means that Iranian authorities were able to go after those networks, potentially. Um, as I said, I'm still I'm still working on this story, um, and I haven't gotten permission to tell the whole story yet. But it's kind of bleak. So that's what I'm concerned about, you know. And I'm glad to see the privacy commissioners from 
a number of European countries and from Canada um, trying to take Google to task. Is there um, is there anyone in the United States, George or Brasco, who's who's able to look out for consumer privacy, consumers' rights online? Is that a problem? Is that perceived to be a problem in the United States? Couldn't answer that. Okay. Um, anyway, it's something I'm very curious about because a lot more of our lives are going into the clouds. And as a, uh, you know, somebody who basically lives online, um, do all my business online, do all my communicating online, um, do community and social activism online, and, uh, you know, it's no fun when, like, lack of privacy, when lack of privacy concerns, like, either spoils a surprise or... In the case of people who are doing things in very politically sensitive countries like Iran, gets their asses arrested. Um, so yeah, it's good to keep the good to keep the big companies in check, and good to uh, keep asking questions of them. I think I have managed to ramble through a whole bunch of time. It's 22 minutes after the hour already. We should probably go to our very first break. So. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk in Absentia, this is Jim Hedger from Markland Media, and Brasco from WebmasterRadio.fm. You listen to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. Wow, you aren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be, too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. Did you know? 99designs is the leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects need an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's uh, Earth Day on uh, Thursday, the 22nd of April. And, dude... Prescott, I'm feeling really weird and shaky today. It's weird. I've been, uh, I picked up a new client, and the contract started on the 15th, and I've been working straight um, as, a, as an SEO, so I'm like, you know, uh, uh, you know, running over people's servers, like getting uh, deep into like a nearly 6,000 page e-commerce site, um, doing keyword research, and doing all the, all the great SEO stuff. And because of that, I haven't had a heck of a lot of time to actually watch and dedicate to the news. Um, oh, God it's amazing how... In, sorry? God forbid you can't watch your CBC. Oh, I never... Wow, dude. I rarely watch that stuff anyway. I get Like oh. I said, I live online. Um, yeah. And it's strange. Normally, I feel a lot more informed. I usually have all these like pages open up before I go on a show, and now I'm like fighting to find them as I go along. Did you have and breakfast? Luckily, I've wasted enough yeah. time in this bit that, well, I found the page I was looking for. Did you have breakfast already? I had a few pieces of pizza. Um, yeah, okay. I'm back to my old habit where I totally forget to eat until like four in the afternoon because That's why you know you wake up and you start working and you get so fascinated with what you're doing that you mm-hmm. don't really notice you're hungry until later in the day. But that's why you're shaky. What? Because I actually ate before the show. You're right. I shouldn't have eaten. I should have just let it go and just been my usual manic self. Yeah. Yeah. That's much more fun. I know. Do other people, does that happen for other people too? Like, do you get into like the, the, the serious geek diet where you just blow off eating because that takes too much trouble and you have other stuff to do? Yeah, but you're a grazer anyway. You're a grazer. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's better than like, yeah, that's, it's different in America, though. Like coming when I came back to Canada, I immediately noticed that the size of the, my plate had gotten much smaller in a restaurant, so I can eat almost everything that's on the plate. When mm-hmm. I was down in the states, we'd like we'd all go out for supper and stuff. When I was when I was in Florida, and I'd eat I'd eat like a third or even half of what was on my plate, and just wouldn't be able to deal with it because the plates are so damn big. Are you one of those proponents that are just that are that are right now? Um, an agreement that not only should we have smaller plates that are uh, portions should be smaller now that we should also eliminate some of the salt that's being put in our foods as well oh man absolutely like oh. that that it's mind blowing oh. how much salt sodium goes into food oh. like people should be able to put their own salt on food but like the new double down has like 1100 some odd like grams of sodium in it or milligrams of sodium in it like that's more than you should eat in a day because that much will kill you eventually but that's why it's America because of the freedom if one of somebody wants to get big and fat they can that's well indeed that's that, that's really cool but you know like even even in um, totally free America you have if you have a restaurant for instance you're subject to the health board to make sure that they're, you're not poisoning your customers. And that's, that's, that's a reasonable law, isn't it? I, 
No, that's fine. But my whole point is just that I would like to make it where we're not being controlled. That's why. Well, shouldn't the fact... I mean, if, if a health board is reasonable to look at a restaurant, wouldn't it be reasonable for someone to look at fast food and processed foods and start trying to apply healthy guidelines to the preparation of them? No one's saying you can't sell them or can't eat them. Well, that's all I want, as long as we have the freedom. Oh, that's freedom to eat them. But, you know, it's good to have someone who really knows what they're talking about saying to the companies that make this stuff, yeah. don't harm your customers. Because as long as it's, like, really addictive and has a high fat content mm-hmm. and lots of sodium in it, um, well, it becomes addictive. So people eat it lots and lots and lots and lots. And I'll tell you, the companies don't care. They just care they eat it. They don't care how long you do because somebody else will eat it. If you know, if you die off, that's cool. Somebody yeah. else will eat it. Not you know, it's a great way to make a billion dollars, but it's not a great way to run a community or to contribute to a community. Yeah. And that you know, I, I just got to say it. I hear all these people talk about what makes America great, and I don't think they know the first thing about it, to be honest. And you know, maybe that's me because like, I'm out here. Um, you know, as a non-citizen, looking at all the myths I grew up with about how great America was, and all the stuff that we non-citizens, people who don't live in America, the stuff that we believe in, because you guys are like, you know, America is like superhero country. But the thing that we always believe made it great was the sense that you were all pulling together you know that when it came right down to it you might have personal or political disagreements but you all loved America and each other just because you were Americans and from a you know more politically fracturous environment that was a really ideal thing to look at and the truth is that's a myth. It's really unfortunate. You should, you guys, you know what? I recommend that all conservatives watch the first and second season of Bonanza. Oh, God. You ever seen Bonanza, George? Yeah, I, I know. Bonanza. It's a yes. great show. Dan Blocker, Big Joe, Big Little Joe, yes. Yeah, you know, Michael Landon's Big Break mm-hmm. and Trapper John M.D. Pernell Roberts. And he was a kid. Oh, and, of course, Lauren Green. Dan Blocker. Who played Pa Cartwright. Now, think about the character Pa Cartwright. <laughs> this guy owned like like a quarter of Virginia. And he had like lots of cattle ranch. He was the richest guy in the neighborhood, right? So let's say he was like, you know, big business. And here he comes now. Right on. Actually, that won't work because, like, Lauren Green's dead, which is really too bad. I Cana- used to drive Canadian, around in a junked up that, car. But that's why, that's why you mentioned him. He's Canadian. Green slept here. But he's Canadian. But, but Lauren Green's Canadian. That's why you mentioned that. Well, Lauren Green is Canadian. was Canadian. That, yes. that, that, that's right. But, you know, um, so is Mike Myers and Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, most of the responsible news gatherers in the States. Right. Um yeah. <laughs> no Canadians work at Fox that I'm aware of. No. I wonder why that is. 
But again, I digress. Yeah, uh, I, we could go for this forever. true. Name me a Canadian who works at Fox. Come on. I dare you. You won't find one. I, I don't know. I don't know. Neither do I. But I won't. I don't want. I don't want to go down this path because then we're okay, going to go. You're right. But I do want to get back to Lauren Green for one second. Not Lauren Green though. The character of Pa Cartwright. Okay. He's got to be the arch conservative on that show. Like, look who he is, right? Mm-hmm. He is like he's the man in uh, in and around Virginia City because he owns all that land. Well, that show is all about being neighborly, compassion. Um, I watched. Uh, I've been. I've, I've been watching um, old reruns of Bonanza online, and uh, it was there was a show, um, first show, second season. That was all about the importance of welcoming immigrants. And you see, these are the things, the characters, that Ronald Reagan was talking about when he was talking about going back to an old-time America. When people like you know believed in each other and helped each other, he was talking about the Andy Griffith show, Happy. Well, not Happy Days. That was like the 1970s, but the time Happy Days was set in the 1950s, the grand time of the flannel suit and the fedora, before TV changed everything in the early 60s. And I really wish that Republicans would watch Bonanza and really think about these values. Um, I urge you all to, because that's what the rest of the world believes about America, or believed about America. And that's one of the, that's what we believe made it great. And you know what? I think that myth was actually correct. That is what made it great. You guys got to be great. You can do it. But you got to stop bickering and stop being dickheads to each other, especially the right wing. Chill the fuck out. So let me segue it like especially this. Do you buy me? <laughs> So I can do that now because, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm self-employed, right? <laughs> so how about let me segue it like this: We need to be as great as Yahoo is right now because they're claiming that their first quarter profits soared. They had their first revenue growth in 18 months. Thank you, George. I really appreciate that. I know, isn't that amazing? Yeah, the first revenue growth in 18 months, although the gain of one percent fell shy of management and analyst hopes. Well, they weren't. They were not punished for it on the street, which is also a good thing. Um, you know, Yahoo's got more distribution for their paid ad networks. We know that the, that Yahoo's paid ad network has a great future. Um, it's going to survive. Uh, Yahoo has stopped pouring money into stuff that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's pared down its workforce, uh, really painful, but given the direction it's going in, um, given the direction Yahoo's going in, it's pared its workforce, but that's obviously a necessary thing now. And, um, you know, I think now that Yahoo isn't running around trying to figure out what it wants to be anymore, it's able to get down to business. They made $310.2 million or $0.22 per share in the first quarter. Compared to... And like you said, the first time in like 18 months. Yeah. This time oh. last year, $117 million, or $0.08 cents per share. Well, congratulations, Yahoo. Um, the shareholders are still nice and pissed at you because you got a lot of recovery, recovery growth to go into. But, you know, 
Um, and there's not going to be a buyout. That's not on not on the cards. But you're, it's clearly worth more today now that it has a defined future than it was, um, again, when nobody knew what was going to happen next and all you could do was see purple, you know, it bleeding purple ink. <sighs> they said the first quarter was highlighted by, like you said, display advertising, 20% increase. You know, we got to do... That's that, that's something that that webcology hasn't covered enough, and and also I think I think you know webmaster radio in general. You know, one area of the web ecology we constantly ignore is display. Um, I see that in the in in all facets of the search marketing world, we constantly ignore display. This is the oldest marketing channel online, and it still survives pretty much. You know. Worlds light years ahead, but working on the same basic formula it worked on from day one. Cost per impression, cost per action, cost per, uh, 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 yeah, cost per impression, not per action, there's one more cost per. Anyway, three, basic revenue, three basic revenue models, all have existed from the very beginning. Um, again, they're a lot more defined and um, analytics has radically changed the game but display is something that, that we really got to look at and I know that Yahoo's gone through some major changes at Right Media um, trying to streamline that process quite a bit so you know maybe that maybe in that streamlining they found a way to refine the ads that they're serving up or getting um, more impressions or more more clicks on those ads and thus making more money and being more valuable Another thing that I think's helped Yahoo is the recession itself. Um, Yahoo's always had lower click, click rates, lower advertising rates, um, and in the PPC world, a, a lower volume means lower cost, but you're still getting um, interested parties to a website. So, uh, I'm good for Yahoo. Let's hope that it can keep it up. Yep. Oh, by the way, did you already bring up last week um, the whole story about the search, uh, the, the the algorithm that Google has now in terms of um, site speed becoming a factor? Was that you brought that up last week? Uh, I think did I bring that? Yes, I Dave or I mentioned it last week. Yeah, and actually, it was a good timing because just as we mentioned it, Edward Lewis, uh, page one results, flashed into the into the chat room. Um, I know he's really big on page loading speeds, on page verification, and uh, actually during yes, yeah, so we synergy. touched on it. Yeah, and but, today, yeah, there's a there's conversation out there, um, directly about loading speed and and how it how it's now is definitely a signal in in Google's algo. And I'm just trying to stall for time as I look up that article. Well, no, I was going to make a mention. Page one actually yesterday was uh, uh, going after people when it came to compliance of websites. What was it that he was talking about yesterday? Um, oh, talking about how W3C compliance, Topher Cohen was mentioning in the chat, is nice mm -hmm. but has no impact on SEO. That set off, uh, something about that set off page one to go into a com um a discussion about validation. Oh, I can see that. I mean, that's um, that's a big part. That's a big part of his business. A big part of uh, his theory on SEO. Um, 
I think I come down right in the middle on this. It's actually funny. I wrote a, I wrote a note to uh, one of my clients today um, about a breakthrough. This is the one who I who I just started with, and um, after adding a robot text file and actually fixing the XML sitemap file that they had, um, a lot more pages of theirs are indexed in Google's index. Now this this is going to come back to site speed and validation in a second. Um, and I'm not going to say that any of their pages are going to validate yet. I've only been on the case for like a week now. Um, but I wrote to them just because these pages are now in the index and we can actually see that, that Google is spidering them so, uh, where it wasn't before um, doesn't mean that you're going to get rankings. It just means it has a better chance to get rankings. Same thing with site validation and site speed. It's another of the 100, 200, 300 steps or things or signals or whatever a good uh, SEO is looking at. Site speed is going to become increasingly important and as well validation as we move into a mobile world. And this is something that, um, you know, if more and more people in the industry are starting to wrap their heads around. Um, the world we work in today is, without a doubt, I mean, it's, it's, people have been saying it's changing for years. Eh? Well, this is the year where it's truly changing. Um, Nexus and um, iPhone and the iPhone Maxi, you know, the pad, um, these are all... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I should have done it just a little bit faster. It would have been better, right? Uh, yeah. Um, um, these are all mobile devices. They're changing the way that the user interfaces with the uh, with the with the interwebs, with the internet, with the with the web, and the screen size is different, at least in the mobile. So. Everything we know about design is going to shift, it's going to change, it's going to, you know, where do you place the call to action, where do you place the text, um, what, is, what will Google be looking at to bring up not only a page that has relevant information, but is actually useful to the user based on the device that they're using. Um, I don't know, I, I wasn't privy to the, to, I wasn't part of the conversation yesterday. Um, that, that, that you're talking about that ever got yeah. involved with but um, one, of, one of the facets of personalization is or is going to be the device that the user of uh, personalized results I should say is going to, is going to one, of the, one, of, one of the signals is going to be the device the user is using to get those results on my massive laptop Google may serve me one set of results but on an iPhone that my friend is carrying down the road, doing the same search, a different set of results might be might be given, because two or three pages in the web results might be perfectly useful for my laptop, but totally useless on a smaller screen. So, we should head to a break. Okay, and I do. What, I just want. Oh, I was going to say that point. So you got. Oh, I sure. mean, validation is going to become increasingly important, as will site speed. Um, as users move towards smaller screen devices. Um, so 
Topher and Edward are probably both right, and if they put their ideas together, they'd probably both be even more right. Yeah. Um, it's the beauty of it, the SEO community. Which actually, it's a good segue to what I want to come back with. Who speaks for the SEO community? But it's, uh, yeah, it's time to go to break. We only got 15 minutes left. So, as you yeah. mentioned, from Markland Media and Brasco from WebmasterRadio.fm, this is Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Stay tuned. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. It's if yes, yo, pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agree that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Leave your comments with state of the art tracking. Where did it start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. My.afcon2010.com. My.affcon2010.com. Your social media source for AFCON 2010. The Trade Show, where affiliates always attend for free. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. Check out photos and videos from our past events. Plus, check out our blog and discussion forums. Start socializing today and tell your friends to sign up now at my.afcon2010.com. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Catch us Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology and Webmaster Radio.fm. We are rounding up the hour at, uh, well, 13 minutes to the hour. So, what do we want to touch on? What do we want to touch on? Uh, talk about who speaks for the SEO community, or we can talk about local search stuff. Let's talk about local search stuff first, because we were just talking about mobile, um, you know, bringing that back to validation and uh, site speed. Um, everything's going local, because everything's going mobile. Uh, the there was a, Cindy wrote a great article in Search Engine Journal last week. Um, I'm sure most of the people listening have already seen it. If not, go back to uh, Monday the 10th in Search Engine Journal. Um, check out Cindy's article. It's absolutely worth the read. Um, hey, Hypertax. My cat just waking up. She's sitting beside me meowing. Um, Got to give her a bit of attention or she'll get all freaky neurotic. So, um, 
Not even have to. I just need us to wait for a quick second because our next show is coming up. I just want to make sure I have it ready. That's all. Very good, sir. Okay. Thank you. Um, don't keep instant message open whilst doing show. I keep getting distracted by all these things that are making up. Local search, uh, mobile search is local search. I was uh, having a conversation with a fellow in Toronto who's representing universalbusinesslistings.org in Canada, ubl.org. Now, UBL is a local search and mapping service that takes an individ- or takes a business's ad information and makes sure that their local search de- that local search databases from Google um, to uh, Bing to uh, well, OnStar um, and MapQuest and uh, the 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 uh, GPS devices people have in their cars and all these various local search devices are updated with a business's most most relevant information. Well, speaking with this uh, fellow who's working with UBL, it, he was asking me a lot about search. Um, how search engine optimization and uh, search marketing firms deal with local search. And we got to the point in the conversation where I really had to come out with the idea that most SEO firms, while they do do local search like through Google and through Yahoo and through uh, Bing and um, the most more obvious places, really aren't covering the full spectrum that they need to hit. And you know, some is some of that's because we really don't know about all the different search appliances or search-related appliances that that serve up local results. And also, even if we do, for those companies that do, entering that amount of data, 150 or so different da- databases that you want to update. And maintaining those, the information in those databases, making changes when, uh, when necessary, is time-consuming and resource-heavy. You don't have the staff to do it. Or if you're an individual operator, you simply don't have the time to do it. So most SEO consultants and most SEO firms simply fail on local search. Perhaps that's, that's uh, where in-house teams could truly excel. But... There's a, a, an organization, um, Universal Business Systems, UBL.org, that calls itself the one-touch stop for local, for local listings. Put your information into UBL and upload it to 150 different databases, or as I took to calling them in the conversation yesterday, signal points, distribution outlets for, again, Google, OnStar, Yahoo, Bing, um, smaller regional directories, you name it. If it has something to do with local search, ubl.org is either touching it now or interested in getting getting local search information into that database. It's a $30 a month service. So hearing about this, I actually, I, I, I met the um, people from UBL at uh, SMX Toronto uh, two weeks ago. Hearing about this as a, you know, SEO, all the pleasure centers in my brain just lit up at once going, oh my goodness, you know. A easy solution at a easy price point to sell to any client to deal with local search. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing an experiment with um, Universal Business Listings. 
we're going to see uh, if we can get a couple of companies in the United States to rank everywhere possible in local search using UBL. Um, after having a couple a couple conversations with uh, the people behind UBL, I'm pretty sure that the test is going to be, if not completely successful, successful enough to make it really interesting and to you know have them on the show and to talk a lot about local search. So. That's that's weird going solo. I'm still here. You know that Brasco is still hard at work loading up the next show. So, oh, oh, there he is. Hey, Brasco. I can also preface you what we're doing on the the next program coming up. What is happening on the next program? Uh, It's going to be at Marketing Insider. Correct. And the deal is they're going to be talking about utilizing mobile coupons in your affiliate marketing uh, work. Is this is it a live show? Oh, it's a brand new episode, and is I can live? tell you. Uh, well, no, it's, it's brand new. Uh, Wade okay. Sisson speaking to Megan Schaefer, Chief Marketing Officer of Edo Interactive, sharing insights into the current state of mobile coupons and the tremendous opportunity they re- represent for affiliate marketers. No, oh, there's six ways to Sunday. There's uh, <laughs> there's that's, that'll be an interesting show. There's great information contained in coupon codes. Yeah, um, this is actually. I believe that these coupon codes, when they start transferring, you know, people start using them on their cell phones. This is going to open a new age in marketing analytics. We're going to know so much about the individual consumer. Um, thinking back to the beginning of our, our of this show, talking about privacy, it's a little bit scary. Have some stats about as a marketer. This. It's a little bit exciting. Have some stats about mobile coupons, if you like. Mentioning well, that only 4% of internet users have redeemed mobile coupons yeah. and that the number of mobile coupons redeemed in North America is set to increase more than tenfold in 2010 and by triple digits in 2011 and 2012. Yep, that makes that makes perfect sense to me because it's all, it's all habit, right? Like mm-hmm. um, my mom to this day clips coupons out of the newspaper and out of flyers that come to the door. I've never... I can't ever recall clipping a coupon. Something that um, my generation, Gen X, just you know, just, just, just doesn't do that. But now, let me um, ask you: Have you ever done what they do now? In some cases, they do gift certificates, which are for half price for, say, like a store or a restaurant. Have you ever done one of those? Uh, yes, but I've stopped doing that mostly because gift certificates tend not to be redeemed, and so basically, you're giving the store. X number of dollars for, uh, well, nothing, a gift to give somebody else that they won't use. So you're giving you're giving the store money for no product, and that just seems wrong to me. That's yeah. not charity. Um, <laughs> charity's all good, but not you know with the corporation. Um, right. They get enough of that from the government. Thank you very much. Um, I'll agree with any teabagger on that one. Um, da, 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 da. Well, I will. <laughs> um, but, but going back to the coupons, um, gift certificates and loyalty pro- loyalty programs you should participate in big time. Though you're giving away all your private information, you get rewards guaranteed through those. Um, we all know the story of our frequent flyer friends who are actually able to bump people off airplanes when they just kind of got to sort of be there right now. Um I don't know if that happens anymore, but it was happening for a few years. 
I was thinking about the recession. You know, there was a National Choir story I read last week about how there's a guy that's basically he lost his house to foreclosure, and he is living off of hotels and restaurants and whatnot off of his frequent flyer rewards. Yeah, I read that. I read that well, and I guess sometimes they can come through in a pinch, too. And they are, yeah. Um, yeah, I, that was a, you know, the Inquirer should have won a Pulitzer. For John Edwards? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, John they, Edwards? Schmuck? That, yeah, yeah, you know, as somebody who pretended to be a journalist, that's a really hard thing for me to say, but um, I really think that they should have got a Pulitzer for that. They yeah. deserved it. Absolutely. Mobile coupons, extremely cool. Uh, really exciting. It'll be good to see what happens. I think, um, see, I think I'd use them. I would never clip a coupon out of a newspaper, but man, I'm positive. I'd, if I could point my phone at something and get a discount, damn right I would. That's easy. They're probably getting um, there. But again, in doing so, I'm giving away like reams of information about myself. Which will be cool, because I'll probably have to look at the file sometime in the future. <laughs> um, luckily, probably very luckily, given the kind of scattered mood I'm in, we didn't get to the last topic I wanted to talk about, who speaks for the SEO community. It's been, uh, you must have seen the arguments in the last couple of weeks. Um, Ed Lewis, Edward Lewis uh, going yeah. after top SEOs and that other guy who just sort of showed up on the scene as a verification service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday, Lisa Barone uh, going after um, Kim Krausberg after Kim Krausberg asked where the mentors have gone. I think, you know, inside the industry, we have a uh, either we have a communication problem or we have an apathy problem. Maybe one stems from the other. But uh, or maybe we just have a problem with too many people with time on their hands wishing it was the olden days. Who knows? Might I make a recommendation? Jim, may I make a recommendation? Maybe this is uh, something you need to, bring, need to bring the gypsy back on for. <laughs> that would be fun, actually. I, that sounds like you, you might have to go to him for that. Oh, I'll ask you. Know, he's actually kind of a neighbor of mine, eh? Relatively speaking. <laughs> He lives 150 uh, kilometers northeast of me. Wow. And, you know, in Canada, that's like kind of a drive next door. Yeah. So, um, I would be great to bring him back on. Um, this, has been, most- this has been like oh. the toothache edition of Webcology. The last couple of days, I've had this monster toothache. This is the first thing I haven't had, but I'm still all scattered from it. Yeah. And it's awful when that happens. I bet. Anyway, it's also the top of the hour. No chance to redeem this show. Ain't going to make it up. It's just how it's gone. Um, friends, you've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's Earth Day. Go out and celebrate. Go out and, like, soak up some rays with a huge amount of, like, sunscreen on. Um, enjoy yourselves. Love each other. And uh, on behalf of Brasco from Webmaster Radio, this is Jim Hedger from Markman Media. We'll talk to you next week. 